What if you could reclaim hours of free time each week, create legacy building wealth, and devote more energy to your passion projects without giving up on your career as a life-saving MD? My name is Vikram Raya, functional cardiologist, high-performance coach, and real estate expert. And I'm here to give you the tools, strategies, and solutions you need to transform your life so you can unlock your limitless potential and achieve greatness all the while freeing up your precious time. Welcome to Limitless MD. Let's dive in. If you're a physician who's making good money, but you're feeling stuck in your current situation, or if you're tired of feeling just comfortable and are ready to pivot toward that freedom and wealth lifestyle you always wanted, then I want to introduce you to my newest program. It's called the Physician Wealth Accelerator, also known as PWA. In PWA, you're going to learn the strategies to gain more passive and active income. You'll learn how to free up 10 plus hours a week to pursue your passions and side gigs. If this resonates with you, then I want to personally invite you to join our elite community of high achieving doctors in the Physician Wealth Accelerator. This is a completely free coaching group where you'll be around other professionals in the medical field who are like you and looking to uplevel their life. You'll get access to live monthly masterclasses, live Q&As, and all my best personal resources, as well as access my new app to help you become limitless. If you want to check it out, there will be a link in the show notes for you. Just click it and you'll be able to join this exclusive community of high-performing docs. Looking forward to connecting with you on the inside. If you're a physician who's making good money, but you're feeling stuck in your current situation, or if you're tired of feeling just comfortable and are ready to pivot toward that freedom and wealth lifestyle you always wanted, then I want to introduce you to my newest program. It's called the Physician Wealth Accelerator, also known as PWA. In PWA, you're going to learn the strategies to gain more passive and active income. You'll learn how to free up 10 plus hours a week to pursue your passions and side gigs. If this resonates with you, then I want to personally invite you to join our elite community of high-achieving doctors in the Physician Wealth Accelerator. This is a completely free coaching group where you'll be around other professionals in the medical field who are like you and looking to uplevel their life. You'll get access to live monthly masterclasses, live Q&As, and all my best personal resources, as well as access my new app to help you become limitless. If you want to check it out, there will be a link in the show notes for you. Just click it and you'll be able to join this exclusive community of high-performing docs. Looking forward to connecting with you on the inside. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Limitless MD. I'm your host, Vikram Raya, and I'm super pumped and excited to have my good friend, Chris Larson, on the show. This guy is absolutely phenomenal. He's a father. He's an athlete, uh, engineer, um, a real estate investor, an entrepreneur, an author. I can go on. So, Chris, welcome to the show, and, and I love love for you to get started, man. Just tell, tell the audience, man, how does a device rep become a real estate millionaire? Yeah, well, Vic, it's great to be here, man. It's always good to see you. Always good to talk to you. And I'm, I'm glad you said father first, because um, that's a big, that's a big piece of the puzzle and a big, a big why in my life. So yeah, you, as you alluded, I spent 18 years in the medical device industry. Um, I don't know if I'd call myself an engineer, although I do have a PE. So I passed the PE exam, the professional engineer exam. And um, you know, I guess a lot of people would say that's, that's kind of the threshold, but I always joked that my advisor pulled me aside during college and said, Hey, Chris, we got a problem. You're not smart enough to be an engineer and you have too much personality. You got to figure out something else to do. So 
fortunately that year that I kind of figured out that I didn't want to be an engineer, um, it was my junior year in college. I, I quit racing my bicycle. I still ride and you know, I do some events here and there. Um, actually I, I just got off my bike like 20 minutes ago. That's why I'm you're probably still sweating a little bit, but, um, I, uh, I, I got really interested in the stock market. I started day trading and I was making like $5,000 a month day trading as a junior in college, but I wasn't sleeping very much. So I was like, you know, I'd be like laying there at 3 a.m. thinking about these trades or doing research and drinking like a Red Bull or taking, you know, and I was just like, this is not, this is not healthy for, you know, a 20 year old. So um, read about 250 books. I ended up getting an MBA in portfolio management. And along the way, I started buying real estate. I bought my first property at 21 and went, bought the next one about a year later. And I just started to, to build those, but I didn't, didn't have a lot of money, um, raised in very blue collar fashion, as I talk about in my book, which I'm happy to, happy to share with you if you're listening today. Um, I, my father passed away when I was five and, you know, we just, we, we had enough, but not a lot. So I had to find a way to earn some money and make some capital to continue to invest. And I was fortunate enough to discover the medical device career um, or the medical device industry. And I went and went down that track and it was very good to me for, for 18 years, but all along the way, the main goal was to be an investor, Vic. And that's where I put all the excess capital that I had. Nice. That's a great strategy. And I want to talk about a couple of things. First guys, if you haven't read his book, next level income, uh, definitely recommend it. We'll put it in the show notes. There'll be a link to uh, get access to that and also get into uh, this guy's universe. You need to get into Chris Larson's universe. It is so diverse. Uh, he knows a lot about a lot of cool things and all of it will put money in your pocket. And that's why I love talking to the guy. Every time I talk to him, I feel I'm richer. So it's great. Um, and I feel like uh, I'm smarter whenever I talk. to you. <laughs> so it's a good, it's a good partnership here. Thank you for that, brother. Um, but what I want to, uh, I want to sort of highlight here, guys, is uh, this man's journey, right? We all go on journeys and I don't care if, you know, the family situation wasn't exactly how it was, but like he said, it was, they were comfortable. It was good enough. Right. And that's what a lot of people who listen to the show are that we are the people just to know, Chris, that these, these people are, are powerful people. They are high income earners, power earners. A lot of them are doctors and physicians, but they're comfortable, but they want to go beyond comfortable. They want to be extraordinary. They want to be great. They want to have not only financial freedom, but financial abundance. Uh, and, you know, they've listened to shows. They've listened to the Dave Ramsey's of the world. Then they've listened to the, what was her name? Uh, Susan, Susie Ormond's. Yeah, Susie then, Ormond, they've been, yeah. then they've gone beyond, right? Then they've said, oh, okay, you know, we've read uh, uh, maybe Tony Robbins' book on financial, you know, so there's some strategies a little bit more advanced. And, and then if they know anything about me, then, then they understand real estate's a, a huge vehicle. But I want you to take them one step further. What's the thing that that you're starting to talk to your clients, your friends, your colleagues about of next level financial engineering, financial um, uh, savviness? Yeah. So, look, this is like the curse that we have in America is that we're comfortable. Right. And it's just it's it really is, in my opinion, it's it's a bit of a curse. A lot of people are like, Chris, what drives you? Like what motivated you to do this and this and that? Um, I think losing my father at a young age put something in my subconscious because he was 41 when he died. And I had I've kind of felt this inner inner pull. 
like this magnetism, always getting me up, driving me. But what was a bigger impact was when I lost my best friend in college. He was 18. I was just turned 19. And I raced for another year. This is this is why I quit racing. And I was I was all American. I was winning like these pro-am races. Um, I was, I mean, I was doing really, really well. I mean, I was winning a lot of races and I'll never forget. I won this race. It was his memorial race, the second year in a row, won it the first year right after he passed away and won it the following year. Um, I was so strong that year that I got a flat tire because somebody had thrown tacks on the course and I got spit out of the back. I changed my wheel. I came back. I caught the group, went back through the group, went back out in front of the group and and won the race i should have been like thrilled you know like i was honoring my friend and i was you know in great form and my my team went pro shortly thereafter and you know what i felt nothing felt nothing i got back to school and i I was i was like man this is this was right before my junior year um like i was sharing earlier and i thought this is silly this is kind of silly like what am i doing and i had this epiphany where i thought you know what Chris, my friend that passed away, he didn't have the opportunity to live life again, you know, that the next day I did. I thought, why am I wasting my life kind of riding my bike around in circles, you know? So I said, you know what, I'm gonna live every day to the best of my ability. And it's a balance, right? You have to, you have to plan for the future, but you also have to make the most of every day. And look, it's a, it's a reality in this world that you have to have a certain amount of financial wherewithal, if you want to do that, to have freedom, right? So that's what really drove me towards this path towards financial abundance. So you have to have a big why. Hopefully it's not a smack in the face like it was for me. But, you know, whether you're whether you're a successful doctor like yourself, Vic, um, whether you're a successful professional or business owner, you have to decide, you know, why you want your life to be bigger. And you also have to I think if you look in the mirror and this is a challenge for me, too, you say, hey, what? What am I really striving to do? What's the next level? And that's really what next level income is all about. What is your next level and how are you going to get there? How are you going to challenge yourself, make yourself a little uncomfortable? And this could be signing up for a marathon, you know, pushing your body. It could be choosing, you know, how are you going to take your, your relationship with your wife to the next level, your spouse, you know, and the same thing with finances. So you have to decide, you know, what's your big why to get you there and how are you going to challenge yourself and do that? So that's really what, you know, my, my, my coaching clients that I personally work with, it may be any one of those things. I have people that are phenomenally successful making seven figures a year, but they don't have great relationships with their wife. You know, we talk about, Hey, when are you going on a date with your wife this week? When are you taking your kids to tennis practice? I have other clients again, they've, they're winning in all these things, but you know what? They're 20, 30 pounds overweight. You know what we talk about? Hey, when are you working out this week? You know, how are you changing your habits and changing your schedule and changing your priorities to do that? Maybe that is setting a goal to compete and do something like that, you know, or maybe it like for me, it's like, how do I have a bigger impact? You know, if I can only coach 10 or 12 people, because my time is limited, how can I scale that? How can I communicate the message like you're doing through this show Vic, to more people, help more people change their lives and do that. It's really figuring out what the why is, what your mission in life is, and understanding that we have so much more that we can do in life than what we think we're capable of today. Yeah, I love that. And it's that that horsepower of the why that's going to really drive you beyond, you know, level one, level two, level three success, right? And it's not like being dissatisfied with where you are and always looking for that next thing. It's like being blissfully 
you know, uh, joyous, but knowing that if you want to continue to express yourself, either you're growing or you're dying. So let's keep growing. Let's keep contributing, right? We all want more income. We want more impact. How do we do that? So I think you've laid out a beautiful framework, but let's, let's go a little bit deeper. I'm going to hold your feet to the fire here. Please. Look, these guys are successful. They probably, a lot of them are good parents. They're probably relatively healthy, you know, and I, I believe in a framework called the five freedoms, which is financial freedom, time freedom, geographic freedom, sort of health and vitality freedom and a mindset freedom. But, you know, I've been serving my, 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 my tribe, my tribal limitless people. And what they want is more money and more free time on top of what they already have. Can you help me deliver that today? Give me something that they've never heard of. And maybe it's your concept of infant banking. Maybe it's something else of how they can take the income that they have. And obviously some of them are starting to invest, but like, what else can they do? Yeah. So the concept I would share is the concept of arbitrage, and this can be applied to people. It can also be applied to money. So, you know, if you are, if you're a professional, if you're a surgeon, right, you have only, you have a limited ability when you're trading your time for money, you may be paid very, very well, but I would challenge you to say, how can I take my skill set and how can I expand it? I think there's a huge potential in the area of medicine where we add robotics in. Some surgeons are, you know, and doctors are like, are very wary of robotics. I see an abundant future where you have a skilled surgeon that's able to multiply his skill set across ORs and, you know, through the, through the use of robotics, for instance. So, first off, I challenge you to say, okay, how can I take my skill set? and expand it by, you know, through arbitrage. And that could be, you know, developing um, a teaching framework, you know, bringing in a partner or somebody, you know, they can do that. You know, it's a who, not how concept that most people have probably heard about, but that is a, that's a form of arbitrage. Or if you want to talk about monetary arbitrage, you know, this is what you brought up with infinite banking. So if you can borrow money, at one at an interest rate, say 5%, and you can invest it at 15%. So if I told you, hey, Vic, I'm gonna give you money at 5% interest and you can invest it at a guaranteed 15% interest rate, both are guaranteed rates, how much do you want? All day long, All, as, All as day much long. as you can give me, as, as much as you can give me. That's right, all day long. So you, you may think, you may be already doing this, but you have to challenge yourself and say, okay, how can I, how, how can I take the money that I have and, and multiply it. Are there, are there other options to pool money? Are there areas that you're not looking at? Are there ways that you can monetize, you know, the business that you have and create arbitrage that way? So again, we could dive deeper into, into um, any of those, but I think if you look at the concept of arbitrage and I can take, whether it's your profession, you know, your money, your time, and that might be hiring like a nanny, um, you know, but taking that, taking that arbitrage and, and doing something that's more valuable with your time or your money. You know what? Uh, I'm glad you mentioned time, uh, Chris, because I'd love to explore that a little bit more with you. Sure. Talk about time arbitrage. I know you have some coaching clients. I know you've done it for yourself uh, with your beautiful wife and your two kids. Tell me, how is it that you're able to make more money than you were before? And now you have more free time. You're, it sounds like you're still training. You're still racing uh, your road bike. Um, I, I know uh, we both share other passions with our kids, playing basketball and other sports. How are you doing that, taking them on vacations, doing things, but still keeping uh, more income coming in? Yeah, so obviously priorities are important, right? So you have to prioritize what you want in your life, num number one. Um, so let's say you've done that. You said, okay, I want to spend, you know, I'm going to spend more time with my, my family, 
my health, you know, what's important to me. And you're going to compartmentalize that time. You know, the, then the next question is, all right, have, have you put the right people in your life? And this is, this was hard for me. We hired a nanny for the first time and this is a challenge. You, you create more time in your life. So now I'm like, Hey, I can, I can take my kids to school. I can pick them up from school. I can go to you know sports. My wife's an architect. She enjoys being an architect. She works, you know, she probably works about 30 hours a week um, with clients she enjoys. So we would last year, Vic, when I, you know, my first full year away from the medical device industry, you know, we, we trade afternoons. So we're talking about around about two o'clock in the afternoon, maybe three o'clock to like six, sometimes eight o'clock at night, where we were like picking our kids up, shuttle them from school to sports, from, you know, home to sports and back. It was, it was just like kind of crap time. And we had to really sit down and we had to examine this. And we, we both felt a little guilty because we said, wait a minute, we have the ability to do this. We should spend this time with our kids, but it wasn't good quality time. Mm. You know, the kids were maybe trying to do some homework in the backseat while I was trying to have a phone call, you know, or maybe they were bickering. So, you know, when you got home, it's like, my wife would be like, Hey, take the boys. Like, I don't want to see him for 30 minutes because, you know, um, you know, I'm upset and they need to be apart. And then it's like, you know, I like to cook. So I'd come home and it's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a chance to cook or maybe have a workout. So it just, it, it, you know, we really had to step back and say, what's important. So we hired a nanny, you know, she spends the afternoon, you know, getting the kids focusing, you know, and getting them where they need to be. My wife and I, I can do things like this podcast today, which I wouldn't be, wouldn't be able to do. Um, I, I can take a sauna. I can relax. I can bookend my day with some time and some mental space. You know, and that's important too. I think that um, aside from bringing in the right people, you also have to realize that being selfish is okay. Now, and I can pause there, but what I mean by that, if you think about it, so if, if I said, Hey, hey, Vic, um, I'm going to go get a massage. I'm going to take a self-care afternoon and get a massage. You might say, that's great. You know, you push your body hard, you need space. But if you think about it, that's something just for me. That's a pretty selfish endeavor to go spend a couple hours traveling, paying to get a massage and, you know, turning everything off. It's okay to be selfish if it helps you be better in other areas of your life. So one, make sure, you know, you may have to let go of some things that you think you should be doing. And number two, be selfish in the right areas of your life. Yeah, I love that. And, uh, uh, you know, I've talked to some of the, the top mentors, you know, in the world. And one of the things they say is extreme self-care is one of the mandates of uh, extreme greatness. And so mm, wow. they consistently you know, uh, you know, like uh, our, our, our mutual mentor, Robin Sherman says, you know, the two massage protocol, you know, I love that. I've never heard of any high performer saying take two massages a week. And it's not two massages, like, you know, a month, it's two massages a week. I'm like, oh, that's I got to up that's, my game. I got to up like, my game. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. You mentioned sauna. I mean, I, uh, you know, one of the best investments I've ever made is this infrared sauna that sits in my yeah. gym and I love it. Right. Um, I, I see we both wear the aura ring. Uh, that's, that's ph phenomenal. Right. We're checking our heart rate variability. These are things that we're trying to get the metrics of high performance. And one of the metrics of high performance is sleep, right? Getting high quality sleep is huge. And if you do all these things, then, then you need less time to do the, the things that you want to do. And you're not wasting time. It's boom, you're making your real estate uh, business really successful. Then boom, you're being super father. And then boom, you're going date night. 
and and you're cutting out like dead time, wasted time, uh, you know, low quality time, and you're trading that the arbitrage you mentioned, you're trading up for this high quality time in all areas of your life. And so now you are truly, you know, successful because you have, you know, family, time, energy, money, and freedom. So that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, no, you I mean, that's that's you made a couple of great points there. And you, you really have to be ruthless. And you know, I have an engineering perspective, like I, I iterate, you know, so I'm always, you know, no different than if you're doing a procedure, you say, Okay, what did I learn? How am I going to do this better the next time? How am I going to make it more repeatable? We can apply this to all areas of our life. Okay, can I can I read less news? Or can I be more efficient? And I use a, a, um, a news aggregator. So I can scan the headlines real quick in five minutes in the morning. I can get the headline. If something's important, maybe I tag that and put some, you know, time aside when I'm eating lunch to read something, you know, it's, Hey, what, you know, look at all areas of your life. What can you do better? And you know what? It might, you might have to cut stuff out that that's not that important. Like you might not be able to watch four hours of football on the weekend <laughs> if you want to change your life in another area. So, you know, you, you do help sort of shepherd people into these uh, more powerful investments um, now with the, and I, I know you had a recent podcast episode where you were talking about, you know, what do we expect now with the economy and things like that? What's yeah. your crystal ball say, uh, about where we're we going as a country, as, as, uh, as an investment class and, um, any, any points of wisdom or, or, or strategies you'd recommend to our listeners? Yeah. So I'm your, that was, that was a great episode. Um, we had DJ Van Kern on, we were talking about real estate cycles and I'm actually going to dig a little bit deeper into this and kind of a little solo cast here. Um, it's probably going to air around the same time as this, but, um, there's a great book out there called the secret life of real estate and banking. And just like when you go into a hotel and you pull, you know, the drawer open next to the bed, you can pull open the, the drawer next to my desk and you can find my real estate Bible in there. It's about the same size as a Bible too. Um, so Phil Anderson, who wrote this, he dives, he goes deep. I'm a data guy. So he talks all, he goes all the way back into the mid 1800s. Um, and, and talks about, I mean, look like that is open to a page, the land boom of 1869. So I love this. I love looking at the history, looking at the data behind it. And I've seen this repeated and you hear, I typically hear 17 to 20 year cycles. And sometimes you hear like nine year cycles and so here's, here's my take on this, Vic. Um, I grew up 1991. Both my parents were working in the real estate business for a company called JD Construction. They both lost their jobs during the SNL crisis, the savings and loan crisis. Came out of uh, my engineering degree, was in business school, 9-11 happens. I lose my internship. I watched, I watched the economy pull back. It, it was resilient. Then I see the Great Recession. Um, I see what happened here with... Uh, coronavirus. And if you look at this, it follows this exact, this exact real estate cycle. Um, I say exact, it's about 18 and a half years. And that's from trough to trough. So coming out of the last real estate cycle, uh, 2012 was the bottom of the last cycle. If you go to um, the next trough, we're talking about 2030. Now, COVID was important because this is what, and you can listen, I was on podcasts at the end of 2019, um, coming into 2020, I said, I think it's time to be careful. We started moving from, you know, these older 70s built, you know, C plus grade, maybe B minus grade properties to some higher quality properties because I wanted to be more defensive. Okay. 
And, you know, I didn't, I didn't predict COVID. I'm sure if I did, I wouldn't be talking to you. I'd be, you know, <laughs> I don't be on my own personal <laughs> island somewhere. Cause you know, I would have, I would have shorted everything and bought um, derivatives. But anyway, um, I, I still hedge my bets. So when you come out of that mid cycle slowdown in the real estate cycle, this is when you enter like the supercharged phase of real estate. I'm very optimistic on the next three to five years because what happens is you have these demographic waves that come through and this is, this is all numbers, right? You have the millennials, which are actually a bigger generation. They're a little bit more spread out. They're a bigger generation than baby boomers. What happened when the baby boomers were, were forming households? The eighties, the stock market blew up interest rates exploded, the housing market exploded, everything went up because everybody was buying everything, right? If you think about interest rates, it's just the demand, it's, it's, a, it's a supply and demand of money, right? If people want more money, interest rates go up. So we have the millennials doing that. Baby boomers are downsizing, they're selling their homes. The wealthiest generation in history are selling their homes. You know who's paying cash and beating out the millennials for homes right now? Baby boomers. And the millennials are moving out of the baby boomers' houses as they downsize. So, you know, multifamily, self-storage, it's like, why is it doing so well? There's a, there's a reason for that. And it's these demographic waves that are coming through. What happens, you know, as you come through these real estate cycles, people forget. They forget that real estate is cyclical and it's not linear. And they really bid up. They're like, I got to buy a house. I got to get into it before I can't afford it. And they forget that real estate goes in cycles. So I think right now, towards the end of, you know, this, this macro cycle, it's a great time to take advantage of real estate investments, but you want cash, you want, you know, high quality real estate, you want cash flow investments, you need to be careful of speculative investments, because you don't want to be caught, you know, with, you know, like in a game of musical chairs, where there's no chair for you to sit down at the end. So what we're doing is we're buying high quality cash flow investments. And we're, we're starting to take a little bit of profit off the table and start to stockpile cash. And you kind of mentioned uh, infinite banking, cash flow, um, life insurance. It's a great way, I think, to start stockpiling cash as we move into you know, the end of this cycle and then ultimately prepare for some opportunities you know, as we get you know, probably five plus years out at the very end of the cycle. That's awesome. And I love the fact that you make, it's very cyclical driven, it's metric driven, it's pattern recognition. And if, if you become a student of the economy, a student of history, then you don't get scared about these things. What you do is you start anticipating and you start preparing like you're doing. And um, I think by pre preparing and anticipating, you'll be able to take advantage of these things. And in fact, winters and springs and summers of the economic seasons are our friends. And so uh, that, that's awesome. And that's a great piece of advice, a great piece of wisdom. And, and it, I think it helped anchor our listeners to know that, hey, look, um, there's always opportunities if you're prepared and ready. And again, working with people like yourself, like, like our company, Viking Capital, and other really reputable sponsors out there um, uh, that, that can give you the leg up because we're studying these things all the time. I just came back from CBRE uh, meeting in Nashville as a multifamily meeting. And, you know, uh, that's some of the top accounts of the world were there and getting all the data and the metrics. And, you know, there is going to be a, a, a potential slowdown. But what that means is and that there's going to be some opportunities to buy as well. Absolutely. I love the way you put it. When winter comes, if you know winter comes every year, you, you take your coat out of the closet, you buy some firewood, you know, you, you know, you're like, hey, it's time to, it's, it's time to stay warm. And you know, you know, that spring is coming. 
and, and you prepare for that. If you, you know, if you don't know that it's really scary, right? It'd be really scary if, if just, it started getting colder and darker every day after day and you didn't know the end was coming, it'd be scary. So Chris, uh, uh, give your listeners maybe some of the top three books that have either influenced you or the ones you'd like to give as a gift. And obviously yeah, we so, know next level income is obviously a, a top one, but uh, I want some sure. more. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one. Um, so the number one book I've recommended probably over the last uh, year has been Lifespan by David okay. Sinclair. And I, what I love about, so again, if it, as I unroll our goals every year and talk about you know my coaching clients' goals, we always start with health. So I'm going to start with a health book. It's Lifespan by David Sinclair. David Sinclair sees aging as a disease, not an inevitability. Phenomenal book. Um, number two, uh, we talk about wealth when we formulate our goals. And um, I think you know if you're looking to expand your wealth, Who Not How is a fantastic book. Um, and that book is, uh, it's, it's, it's partially written by um, the founder of Strategic Coach, but it's also, there's a co-author in there, but it's a great book. If you're, if you're struggling to figure out how to scale, you know, if you're a successful um, physician or entrepreneur or business person, you know, figuring that out, it really, it was my motto last year as I scaled my business, um, which is phenomenal. And then I, I mentioned the secret life of real estate and banking. Again, if you understand the why behind the real estate cycles, if you understand the history and the numbers and how, you know, history rhymes and real estate and the stock market all, are all intertwined and they kind of flow together, you know, kind of like the tides of the sea, you can really create some incredible wealth in your life. That's awesome, guys. And if you, uh, it'll be in the show notes, but, uh, you know, I love that, that quote, aging is, is a disease, right? It's not inevitability. That's, that's beautiful. That's from Lifespan. Uh, we got the secret life of real estate investing, uh, real estate and banking, I'm sorry, secret life of real estate and banking, as well as who not how, which I, you know, I actually picked up that book after Chris mentioned it to me. And it was, it was a phenomenal, I love that book. Um, and another one, I guess, if I had to add that, I think we spoke about is um, uh, gain, gap the gain or gain the gap or. Oh yeah. Was, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. The, the, actual the gap. Title. Yeah. The gap yeah. in the gain. Yeah. The gap um, in the gain, is, is an, which yeah, is also is by another similar author. Dan yeah. Sullivan. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it's really, you know, the, the challenge we have, and you mentioned, you know, your, your listeners are very successful, Vic, you're successful on, you know, I'm successful, you know, I catch myself doing this still. You measure forward. You're like, oh, I still haven't, you know, my net worth isn't where I want it to be. My earnings aren't where I want it to be. I haven't lost the amount of weight that I want it. And I, I catch my coaching clients doing this and I say, hey, let's go back. What, how much are you up over last year? Well, I'm up 30% over last year. I'm like, can we stop and, and celebrate that a little bit? You know, <laughs> like that's a big exactly. change. Um, so the gap in the game talks about how to look backwards, how to recognize your success, but still keep your eye on that bigger vision that you want to have. And it's really, it's, it helps you become happier and really happiness really helps drive everything. You know, if you can, if you can maintain that joy and that positivity in your life, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Chris, let me ask you a question, man. What's the impact you want to have on the world? Yeah. So I, you know, if, if I could distill it down to one thing, you know, and I, I put this in my, my life's mission, it's to help people be the best that they can be. And, you know, I think that financial independence is, is essential, right? If you can write a check for a problem, you don't have that problem. 
So I, I, I want to help people maximize their financial ability. And what I found is that when you, when you aren't, when you don't have your back against the wall from a financial perspective, you're free to focus on the things that you're passionate about. And when you can do that, not only do you enjoy it more, you earn more and you are around people. I mean, this is how we met Vic. It's because, you know, we, we resonate in a similar frequency and we were able to do what we love doing and we're able to come together and make a bigger impact in the world than if we, you know, didn't have the flexibility to do that. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I really think uh, once, once you open up that abundance gate, uh, everything else flows from that. Um, that's great. And my listeners will definitely want to get a hold of you. What's a good way? What's, what's the best way they can get a hold of you, get to know more about you and get into your universe? Yeah. Easy. The easiest way is to go to our website, nextlevelincome.com. Uh, Vic mentioned earlier, you guys are going to have a sh- uh, in the show notes here, but you can click on the book link. And if you put your address in, I'll even send you a copy of, of a book out to you there. You can also book a call with me. You can um, subscribe to our podcast and listen. Um, and you know, if there's something specific that you want to reach out to me about, it's chris at nextlevelincome.com. Thank you, brother. That was awesome. I can't wait to get you back on the show, man. We'll talk soon. Anytime. Look forward to it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Limitless MD. If you found value from this episode, I encourage you to share this episode with a friend and let me know by leaving a review. For more information, make sure you check out the links in the show notes below or simply visit VikramRaya.com. So until next time, my friends, be phenomenal.